When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min's top cat, Toby Cudworth, for another week or another episode of Talking Transfers, where we talk all things transfers, messy, We've done Ronaldo a ton of times. He's not in the news anymore, but he's the next one that always comes to my mind. But there's plenty of players. Moises Caicedo in our list today. We've got Aurelian Chuamani. We've got David De Gea. We've got Harry Kane, Randall Kolumuani, Dusan Vlajevic. And of course, as I mentioned, Lionel Messi. We'll talk about all of those topics today on the show. Graham, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Sorry, I was just replying to a Chelsea message. Um, yeah, really good. Um Middlesbrough in the playoffs, something to look forward to. I've got my tickets to take my son to um, that double-legged match. He'll be able to maybe see us go to Wembley. Um, Do you want Sunderland? No, I'll be honest, no. Um, just purely because, don't get me wrong, if it wasn't Middlesbrough at goal, I would, I, would, I would quite like it to be Sunderland. But do I want to lose them in a final? No way, Jose. Would you like to beat <laughs> um, them in a final? Or is the risk not worth running? Yeah, I don't think the risk is worth running. But I think, I'll be honest, I think Sunderland are more likely to make the final than, than Millsbury. I think Millsbury's game of commentary is harder. Um, I think Sunderland will get past Luton. So, fascinating few days coming up. Indeed, for Toby Cudworth as well, going to the London Stadium for another rocking European night after we record this. Yeah, two semi-finals in two years in European competition. Who would have thought you'd ever say that as a West Ham fan? Um, I'm feeling slightly better about life in the Premier League after beating your beloved Manchester United, Florence. As you do the iron sign for, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do the iron sign for those <laughs> wondering. They're both doing the uh, the hammer symbol that you see so often from uh, people on social media. Yes, indeed. Uh, already given you the running order of what we're going to talk about today. But you can find everything that we discuss on 90min.com and 90min.com forward slash talking transfers. That's where everything that we report comes through. And that's where you can find us. You can also find us on the social channels, 90min underscore football on Instagram, Twitter, etc., etc., And our own personals at underscore Scott Saunders at Toby underscore Cudworth and at Graham Bailey on Twitter for all of the latest as we bring these stories to light. So let's talk to start with about Real Madrid. Let's look at Real Madrid to start with. Obviously, we've reported uh, recently that Jude Bellingham is, I think it's, he's made his decision, is it fair to say? And it's just more of a case now of Real Madrid needing to thrash out a deal with Borussia Dortmund. 
They have a very, very stacked midfield, though. Uh, and we saw in the Champions League this week, again, Aurelian Chiumeni coming on as a substitute, not been able to hold down perhaps as many minutes as he would have wanted after joining from Monaco. Uh, and he made the decision to join Real Madrid ahead of the lights of Chelsea and then ahead of the lights of Liverpool. But there's a... Liverpool are still sniffing, Graham. Yes, they are. This isn't a case of too many being available. It's just Liverpool in the position of, if you don't ask, you don't get. This is a player who Liverpool love. They almost got him, but Real Madrid came in. The lure of the Bernabeu was too much. Obviously, Liverpool fans are getting sick of hearing that with their midfield targets at the moment, with Jude Bellingham as well. So, yeah, I think Liverpool just making it known to Real and to the player himself. You know, if you want to come to England, we're here. We still like you. We still rate you. With Real, they don't want to let him go. They know what what talent they've got. But we do understand that Luka Modric is staying as well this summer. We we did assume, well, not assume, but he was considering his options. But it looks like he's staying for another year. Tony Cruz is staying. Cam Vinga, who has, he is going to left back now. He's played, spent a lot of time there. So Real don't, at this moment in time, do want, not want to let him go. But it was just a case of Liverpool letting Real know that they would like him if he is available. The, the midfielder turning to left back and playing in field is a modern thing, though, isn't it? So I think maybe Camavinga does want to, you know, he wants to play in his preferred position. Mm. But I think that's just a, a, a tactical nuance that has just developed in in football this season, especially. But over the past couple of years, you see it with a lot of players. Uh, you think of Zinchenko as an example when he was he classed as a midfielder, right? And he spent the last few years playing as a left back. So um, I think this is just maybe a, a tactical nuance that's happening. And Camavinga is the latest one to be excelling in that kind of role. Real Madrid also have Fede Valverde, uh, Jude Bellingham, as we mentioned, if they can get that one over the line. Luka Modric, Tony Kroos, they have a hell of a midfield. Uh, and Danny Chibellos Chib- Chib- is another one we'll wait to hear and his contract Scott as well Marcos Asensio so they've got a lot of players out of contract but it looks like yeah. a lot of them are going to stay but uh, Liverpool have asked the question is, it, is, is that fair to say Graham is Liverpool asking the question they, they want to sign two or three midfielders in the summer we know that already it's a case of we wanted you before we see you're not getting the minutes that you necessarily would have wanted we'll ask but it's yeah. a case of Real Madrid yeah. not really wanting to play ball. It's a player they, they try to sign. They, they spent a lot of time with him last summer trying to get him. They came very close. And it's a player they love. And, um, you know, if it, I said, if you don't ask, you don't get. And they don't want to be spending all this money and then and then it coming out that they could have had too many. So we're just making sure that avenue is, is not open to them uh, and they will move on. But I think it's a player who, you know, they'll keep tracking him for years to come. Yes, indeed. Uh, there's another player on the agenda, potentially for Liverpool, from Brighton. Not Alexis McAllister that we're going to discuss here, but Moises Caicedo is wanted by uh, loads of clubs. You know, he's been on the agenda of loads of clubs. And what's the situation with him, Graham? Because it looks, is it fair to say, it looks like Brighton will sell Alexis McAllister. If they do that, where do we stand with Caicedo? Yeah, Alexis McAllister, Alexis McAllister is the one that's definitely going to go. And I was asking the question around my sources at, towards Brighton, Caicedo, because it wouldn't go away, even though he signed his new deal in March time, it was he signed his new deal. What's the situation with Caicedo? And it was explained to me that, yeah, every player has his price. And if it gets to around the £80 million mark, even higher, that Brighton will sell. You know, this is an analytically driven club. Tony Bloom from up high. They're not going to become a selling club, but they may become like a Borussia Dortmund. There's some very big 
there's clubs out there who do have to sell talent. You know, Manchester United got to the point they had to sell Ronaldo when Real kept on coming. It's just one of those things that happens in football. And so this is two players. The guy, do you know off the top of your head how much Brighton paid for McAllister and Caicedo? I would say I would say about ten million euros. Yeah, eleven million. So it's a good guy. Eleven million. And 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 they forget what they want for these two. Hundred and fifty million pounds. It comes to the point where they have to believe in what they do. And I think eighty million, if it gets above eighty million, I'm told that's probably the figure that they're looking at. And Caicedo, we know he wants to leave in January, signed his new deal. I I think someone might pay that for Caicedo. I really do this summer. Um, especially with West Ham maybe pushing for 100 just... for Declan Rice. It, it, you know, if I if I was Arsenal and I had a choice of these two, I'll be honest, even at equal sums, I know Toby will disagree, even at equal sums, I'd take Caicedo because I love him. Any repost, Toby? Caicedo is going to be a great player, but Declan Rice is a great player already. Um, I think that's the difference with Rice. You're getting a plug-and-play midfielder who will slot straight into a top side. Caicedo has done very, very well at Brighton to date, but he's still got a lot to learn. Um, it did a bit of an experiment, actually. They played him out of position, didn't they? He played at right-back recently. Uh, was he rested during the 5-1 spanking by Everton, or did he play in that game? I'm not sure, but I think there's evidence there that Caicedo perhaps doesn't have the consistency that I would say Rice does have. He was outstanding on Sunday against Manchester United. And if anybody had any doubt about the £100 million price tag that West Ham have put on his head, it was probably reinforced with that display. Um, I don't see teams going that high for Kaiseida because they won't need to, as Graham's just said. But Declan Rice's ability to command that fee might have gone up, um, or the chances of that happening might have gone up. But then again, there are lots of central midfielders available so it might not happen do, you, do do we think just as a pool opinion here that Declan Rice is going to be priced out of a move again this summer uh, I think he might be priced out of an Arsenal move but when you've got Chelsea tracking you are you ever priced out of a move fair point that's one it's not in the agenda today but <laughs> Toby you were going to say something well I would have said the chances of Rice staying at West Ham this summer was zero I now feel it could be 20 percent um because I think they will stay at that price and it's a lot of money to ask uh, any team even Chelsea um do Chelsea really need to sign Declan Rice above all of their other targets Surely the answer to that is no, but I guess we'll see, won't we? I, I think Rice has always been a Chelsea target, though, Tito. I think they, they know where he's come from. I think with Pochettino, as we fully expect him to come in, um, I think with Mason Mount's situation, um, Kantis doesn't sign his deal. Kovacic looks like he's going to be moving on as well. And it's strange it sounds in this Chelsea squad. I think there might be room for Declan Rice in there. Well, as of right now, I don't think it's number one because of what you've just said. Those guys are still there and we've got to see what happens with mm. them. If they go, Rice goes up that list of priorities. But currently speaking, Chelsea have surely got other areas, namely a striker that they need to address first. I, don't, I think striker, goalkeeper and that holding... I think they've only got three. I think, I think that's their main... They'll spend big... 100 million on each. Probably. <laughs> or maybe not the goalkeepers. Uh, we 70. Live, we... As we told, no, Costa. no, no, Andre Onana, as we revealed, Scott, he's a major target for theirs, and he's going to be less than fifty. Bargain for Chelsea, Champions League finalist, potentially Andre Onana. Mm. 
We'll see. And Inter need to raise some money, right? Anyway, uh, we're going off piece. So I'm going to come back to the West Ham 1 Man United nil game because, Toby, you were there and you got to experience up close the latest David De Gea gaff. Remember they used to make those videos in the 90s of the greatest football gaffes and you could like buy the VHS or it would roll on Sky 1 at like 1 o'clock in the morning, you know, <laughs> off-season or something like that. He's, a, he's Ronnie, getting a new deal. Ronnie Rosenthal. Ronnie Rosenthal hitting the crossbar yeah, for Liverpool in that yeah. open goal. It's the one that I remember. Yeah, David De Gea could have his own video, couldn't he? His own compilation video of the mistakes he's made. Um, well regarded as a brilliant shot stopper, and that's absolutely true. He is. He's won United a lot of points over recent seasons. But he's also made some absolute howlers. And the one on Sunday to allow Ben Rama's goal to trickle over his wrist was one of his worst. And I saw firsthand... The, the kicking woes that we've long spoken about and everybody on social wants to talk about. It's just between the, it's between the eyes, isn't it? He's got to look at certain situations to just think the pass isn't on and he's not good enough to execute nine times out of ten. And he, he played United into trouble after about three and a half minutes in that game, gave the ball straight to Declan Rice, who burst into the box. Nothing came of it, but it's just a telltale sign that... Daher hasn't got it in the kicking department, and how does that? In, you can't. It must not inspire confidence in your defenders ahead of you. Definitely not. And then, if the one thing he's meant to be good at, which is shot stopping, he then lets you down on that front. Is it really worth rewarding a player who's on three hundred and seventy-five k a week at the moment with a new long-term contract? I don't think so. Um, I don't know anyway. that, how that's affected your judgment, Scott, because you've wanted to, to move on, haven't you, from De Gea for well, a while? Well, I've, but... I've, uh, I've, I've gone on record as saying this is rewarding mediocrity. I think United have been doing that for far too long. Graham disagrees. Um, but I'm, in, 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 in ETH, we, we trust Scott. Actually, that should be our mantra. If Eric Ten Hag, if it's good enough for Eric Ten Hag, if he wants him, it's his choice. He's testing my patience, Graham, playing Val Veghorst <laughs> in the number 10 role. He's he is, testing but... my patience. Ah, yes, but if he'd got his way, you'd have had Cody Gakpo playing that central role, which many of you fans disagreed with him about. Yeah, fair play. Fair point. He's having to work with what he's got, but at the same time, I think the... Obviously, Graham, we've reported that United are close. David Hay is close to signing the new deal, which has been on the table for a while. This is uh, more of a case of... United had the option to trigger the extension in his deal, but Toby just quoted the amount that he was on there. They need to redress in some kind of way their wage structure. David De Gea is not does not warrant being the highest paid goalkeeper in the world currently. So they've found a way to renegotiate that. Uh, and they're close to making it official. Is that fair to say? It's just a case of days? Yeah, could be any day. I think they've done it a really classy way. Even if he was going to leave, it would have been done professionally. They'd have shaken hands and gone about it. I think this is the way that United are working now. Um, Hierarchy's done very well here. They've done what Eric Ten Hag wants. He's, he's a huge presence in that dressing room. He's been crucial to Eric Ten Hag in the way that getting his message over. I don't think that can be overlooked, Scott. The way that he is one of he's one of Ten Hag's really trusted lieutenants in that dressing room, and you can't overlook that. He's a huge presence there. And United dressing room from the past has always been about those lieutenants, haven't they? But you can self-manage each each of the players and stuff like that. I think he's been really, really big for him. I would counteract that with, would you say United's dressing room over the last 10 years has been a strength? No, but I think it has in the last 18 months with since Ten Hag took over with the here central to that. 
um, at his behest. So um, it's an interesting. I said it's going to be it's going to be a, short, a midterm deal, two years, maybe with an option for another year, maybe three. And it, it's a, it's a situation the club no needs addressing in the will, but this summer, I think you just got bigger fish to fry this summer. It's not a guarantee of first team football for the duration of that contract. No, of course not. No, I think there will be maybe for next season, and who knows who's coming in. You know, we are hearing reports, Scott, about um, you've got a young goalkeeper who's already owned by United in the Czech Republic, Mati Kovar, Sparta Prague, about to win the title with Sparta Prague. He's had a wonderful season there. Twenty-two year old. He was very highly rated when he signed him. Was it two years ago he signed him, Scott? He was very highly rated. He's now gone to the Czech Republic, had a full season with Sparta Prague. We're not talking minnows here. And they're about to win the title on the back of his performances. So he's keeping an eye on him. He might come back to the club and serve as number two. He's right up there. He's one of the best young goalkeepers in Europe. He really and he's proven that this season. So it's also on Dino him. as well. <laughs> yes, well, you know, if you can't get your game for Nottingham Forest, I don't think you're going to get your game for Manchester United, unfortunately, for him. Um, so yeah, um, for those fans who are hoping Dean Henderson might come back, um, I don't think he will. Um, we'll soon see. Obviously, it depends what League Forest are playing in as well as to what they do with him. But yeah, um, I think they no, I think they will bring a goalkeeper in United this summer to compete with the here. Will that be a, a Jan Sommer veteran type player, 34, or will it be someone like Kovar coming back to the club who is intrinsically a United product but is one of the best young keepers in Europe who many Big don't claim, know about? Bro. Well, you're, you know, he's playing first team football for Sparta Prague. He's about to win the title for them, and it's that's not always been. This isn't the Czech league of uh, ten years ago. It's a tough league to win there now, um, and Sparta Prague don't always win it. Um, he's had a wonderful season. A 22 year old first team football. He's played every game. Um, keep an eye on him. Very interesting prospect. Keep an eye on him indeed. On the topic of goalkeepers getting new contracts, we've got Aaron Ramsdale getting close as well. Yeah, that, that one's progressed quickly, actually. It's one that were the 2025, his deal is up. They were looking at doing it. And um, yeah, it's happened quickly. Come to agreement on terms. He's going to double his salary from what we're being told, Scott. Um, Arsenal very busy trying to do deals. Uh, because Sacco should be done very soon. Granite Zaka is something that has been discussed. It'll continue into the summer. They quite like what he's been doing, so they want him to stay. And and obviously, William Saliba is the, out, he's the outlier, really, where... Hasn't been going too smooth, but I think him being out of the team has probably helped his contract talks because whatever he was asking for, Arsenal, give it to him. <laughs> Let's uh, breeze past that and go to... I'm going to come back to Toby here because we have uh, reported on nightmin.com this week on João Cancelo. Interesting, interesting season he's had. Widely regarded as the best fullback in the world, probably at the start of the season. Either side. Really, he was making such a difference. Another one of those players who comes and play in, plays in field, you know, uh, that we that we discussed earlier on, uh, but much more of a natural fullback. And then loses his minutes at Man City, loaned out to Bayern Munich, and it appears Toby not is he going back to Manchester City because there's a certain there's definitely a few clubs who'll take him. Is it fair to say? Yeah, it's our understanding that he's not going to go back to Manchester City or certainly City's will is they're willing to listen to offers for him. Um, interestingly, Cancelo didn't actually really get into the Bayern team, did he initially when Julian Nagelsmann was in charge? But now Thomas Tuchel's in, Cancelo is starting to see more game time 
And I think he's putting in the performances that they hoped they would see from him. Um, stumbling block there could be the fact that the loan deal that he signed included a 70 million euro option to buy. And that's quite steep. And I think Bayern are looking at that and thinking that is too much for them. It's not to say that they're not exploring a deal because they are interested in making Cancelo stay permanent. But I think City would do well to command a figure of 70 million euros. But it's not just Bayern who like him. Uh, Arsenal, for example, are looking at Cancelo. He was the kind of originator of this inverted fullback role, wasn't he, Cancelo? He was the first one who really did it. And let's not forget Mikel Arteta worked with Cancelo, albeit for a short amount of time. They've worked together at Manchester City. So Arteta knows what he would get from Cancelo. He can play fullback on both sides, which might allow Ben White eventually to go back into a traditional centre-back role if needs be. So Arsenal looking at that and thinking he could be a good player to explore. And obviously Barcelona look at absolutely everybody. And Joel Cancelo is no different. Um, do you know what my Twitter they... feed my Twitter feed is Barcelona want this player valued at 60 million Barcelona want this player valued at 80 million and I'm like you haven't got any money lads you haven't got any money well Barca's way around think, it think, is... it's a, think it's a football manager type free loan that they're asking for with a view yeah absolutely we'll do a loan first um... our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's see how we can shape our finances for the next 12 months and make it work. Um, they're looking, they're interested in Real Madrid's potentially will need somebody to come and replace Danny Carvajal, who has struggled with injuries over the past few years, has been back in the first team of late. But Real weren't blessed with an abundance of options in that position. And Cancelo is only 28, I believe. So he's got his best years ahead of him. Um, but staying at City looking less and less likely, I would say. Very interesting turn. If because uh, is it fair to say City are pretty good sellers once they know that they don't really want a player anymore or a player wants to go? I know they've played hardball over Bernardo Silva in recent years, but generally they're quite fair. You look at Zinchenko selling to Arsenal for what 30 40 million, Gabby Jesus 45 ish million, these are to rival clubs as well. Do you think is it Graham they'll be looking at a fair price for him and they're happy to sell wherever? 
Yeah, I think so. You know, they're very similar. They remind me of Bayern Munich as well, don't they? tend to be fair, sellers. It's one of these where if a player doesn't want to beat your club, it's it's what every club would like to be in this situation, isn't it, Scott? You know, where every if a player isn't happy, fine, see you later. You don't you don't warrant being at the club if you don't want to be here. And I think Cavalio himself, I think he would quite like to be back at City at some point. But I think with Rico Lewis as well, he's really coming along leaps and bounds. He's no car walker yet, but I think. It's it's I like to see City, although they're spending all these millions, they've got youth products coming through as well. It's the ideal ideal scenario, really. Um but as yeah, there's a lot, lot of this, Graham, as we record this, fifteen years ago today, Middlesbrough eight, Manchester City one. What a what a day. How mm. things changed afterwards. Yes, unfortunately we'll allow Gareth Southgate to sell some of our crown jewels and Sign some less adequate players like a Didier Degard, who's now doing very well um, in charge of Nice himself. But yeah, that day when we did win, we had, we had some we had a very good team that day. Uh, Fabio Rocken back amongst them, very, very um, under the radar Brazilian who's an outstanding talent. And Stuart Downing, George Boateng, Adam Johnson came up the bench. So we had a good team. Fair, fair to say, well, Joby, well, that Man City didn't have the best team. That I was going to say, and yeah, yeah. If, you, if you see Man City's team that day, I remember that day, Man City fans were singing. Um, it was ta- taxing in charge at the time, wasn't it? Taxing, leave our spend alone. I remember that song because it made me laugh on the day. Um, but yeah, shows that sometimes the owners do know best. Yeah, City have gone in a different direction. Just uh, one thing to add on Cancelo. Don't forget when he went back to the Etihad for the Champions League quarterfinal, he was roundly booed by City supporters. And I know that's because it was coming on to play against them, but... I think the uh, the relationship between Cancelo and club fans is uh, irreparably, irreparably oh, I can't say that word, irreparably, irreparably. there we go, yeah, damaged. Um, it seems that him, him and Mesrawi, it's a strange that Mesrawi as well, his future buying wasn't solid, but now them two in the last month or so under Tuchel, they've been getting so many plaudits, it looks like the real deal them two now. Yes, indeed. Uh, interesting, If it's fair to say that it looks like Cancelo will be out the door. There's a ton. He's a. He's still a very good player. There's still a ton of clubs will yeah. take him. We've just named a few there. Never rule out Chelsea, but uh, <laughs> I think we can. Yeah, we can on. <laughs> we can on that one. I think the Welsh James and Gusto coming in. Yes, indeed. What about Bayern Munich on the whole? Then we know that Bayern Munich are looking for a new centre forward. They've publicly spoken about Harry Kane, who's himself done some media this week. Uh, with, I think it was Sky Sports. I think he's done it with. But um, Tottenham don't have a manager. They don't have a, d- a sporting director. They have one year left of Harry Kane's contract. Bayern want Harry Kane. Bayern want a striker. But is it fair to say that Spurs are looking to play a few games, Graham, and Bayern aren't willing to pay them? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, I think Harry Kane anticipates just that Daniel Levy, and I think United are anticipating this as well. Scott, you are as a fan. You know what's coming. And by me, it, this isn't a deal if you do want Harry Kane. This isn't a deal that's going to be done on June the 1st. Um, and this could be the real power player that Daniel Levy has. If he keeps, if he just keeps, doesn't answer his phone, keeps people waiting. By Munich, they're already telling them, look, we're not waiting. Um, hence their interest um, coming Randall. Randall Colomowani, Frankfurt, Frankfurt have um, not switched your attention to him because if Kane's available, they are going for him, but they are looking seriously at this. They've opened talks for him. He's an option for them. And I said uh, to same United as well, Scott, um, they think that this will become a saga. United don't want to be joined to it either. And Bayern Munich, yeah, they're making it clear that look, they've got, they have got other targets. 
and they are making moves for them. And Colin Moani appears to be the number one choice um, instead of Harry Kane. Colin Moani has, it looks, 13 Bundesliga goals, 12 assists as well in 29 games this season uh, for a Frankfurt team that uh not having the best time. No, and a remarkable return for Frankfurt. If they're selling for close to 100 million euros is the want for a player who signed on a free transfer last summer. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's touch on... I, I'm, on the subject of, of strikers, let's move to Dusan Vlajevic because there's been some tentative interest from Bayern there as well, but obviously Juventus are... Uh, they've had their troubles this season. Let's just say that. <laughs> Uh, Dusan Vlajevic, sum this one up for us, Graham, because there's Premier, there's been Premier League interest. We've we've reported on him being potentially on United's list, Chelsea's list, and another club now as well with big ambitions. Yeah, he, he is on United's list. He's on Chelsea's list. No, they're looking at number nine. He's an option. Newcastle have looked at him. Aston Villa are the new ones. Obviously, we spoke last week about Matthew Alamani coming in from Barcelona. The amount of players who Villa have been linked to in the last week alone has been staggering. But he's a he's as we said on last week's show. People don't realise he's a massive piece in the jigsaw. He could turn Villa around off the field and become a real top operator in Europe. And and they are looking at these type of caliber players now. Uh, Vlaovic, when I've spoken to people near him, they haven't dismissed the Villa link at all. But we're not saying that they're favourites. But I think Vlaovic with the Juventus situation with Max Allegri, where doesn't seem to get on all that long, all that well. At times, he really wants to come to England. The Premier League is a real option for Vlaovic. And if you can give Juventus their money back, they're taking this deal. He, Vlaovic is one to keep nine. He really, really could be the, the diamond in the rough here. If you've been Osimhen, 130 million, Harry Kane, in excess of this. If, you can, if you're getting Vlaovic for maybe 70 million euros, that could be a sensational deal. Great value, Toby, isn't it? I think that one, obviously. Tore it up for Fiorentina. It's not gone to plan really with Juventus, but obviously he did make that choice to go there. But we all know the issues Juventus have, and as Graham says, club well clubs in Italy really they they're not as cash rich as we know. And Premier League is even Aston Villa are poaching operators from Barcelona and trying to sign players from big clubs like Juventus. So seems like he's got a few choices to make, and I even put if United were to go in that direction, be absolutely delighted with that. I wouldn't rule Arsenal either, for- guys. Remember, remember, Arsenal loved him, TC. Do you remember, they came very close. And I still think Arsenal need a number nine in that squad. I really do. He's a very good all-round player, isn't he, Flavich? And he's only 23. So things going in his favour are his age. Um, different facets of his game. Really good finisher. Good with the ball. Can dribble. He's good in the air as well. Uh, can play with both feet. And as you say, I think value for money is going to be really key in this transfer window. And if Juventus are just looking to get their money back, which is around that 70 million euro figure, it's a hell of a lot more attractive than a Victor Osserman, what a Harry Kane could cost, um, and probably a much easier deal to negotiate. So again, if you're looking to bring a player in quickly, Vlaovic is probably aligned to that, whereas Harry Kane is going to drag on Victor Osserman. You'd imagine Napoli will drag their heels over that, even if a deal does eventually come to fruition, I can't imagine Aurelio De Laurentiis is going to be the easiest man to negotiate with. Um, so Vlaovic, yeah, he could appeal. And I think he's well suited to the Premier League. That's the other thing to say here is that I think he could score a lot of goals here if he did make the move. 
Certainly got the frame and the stature, isn't he, to be, be able to deal with himself physically. Good on the deck, good finisher, scored some, as I said, some amazing goals for Fiorentina. And it's not working. Like, I think the big criticism really is that from Juventus fans that I know anyway, is that they're not, Max Allegri's perhaps not getting the most out of the players and the talent that he's got. Anyway, uh, let's move you on like to... Him, Scott, like him at United? I would, I would, yes. I, I would. I think that that is... Instead of going every time paying top dollar, 120, 150, we, you could count. Like, if you're listening to this, go and count and look at the, every player that's cost over 100 million quid. How many of them have been successful? Two, three, maybe? I haven't looked at this list for a while, but it's, it's not far off that, honestly. No. The success rate of these players versus the price you know, you look at, I think, you look at talented players who are maybe underperforming that you can lift up a few levels and you, that's where your value comes from now. He could be like a Bergkamp signer where he go, it hasn't really worked, but you bring him over. He could be a world superstar still, couldn't he? Really, I, I, I put him in that bracket, really. Yep. I would. I think he's he's got all the attributes. Anyway, let's, uh, let's switch on to manager chat because, Graham, Pochettino, Chelsea, close. Yeah, we're hearing what well, we're recording on the. I forgot what day it was. Thursdays we record. Could be could be announced this week is what we're hearing, guys. Um, not definite, but yeah, this is all but done and dusted. We're already seeing some PR stories coming out from various different places about the positivity of Pochettino. This is happening, guys. Um, yeah, um, Todd's got it right. I think Pochettino in. Chelsea title charge next season, as we said. Um, I think he's... I really do think where... The, clearly, Poch wasn't first choice. But I think they landed on the feet here. I think they, I think even Enrique would have been a risk, even though I love him, I think, as well. But I think with Pochettino, with this Chelsea team and squad, I think they really <laughs> landed on the feet. How, Toby, how does he succeed? Because one... Like, before Eriton Hag was appointed at United... I'd seen what Pochettino did at Southampton. You remember when he went into Tottenham, that dressing room was rotten. He tore it up and built his own culture. Fair to say that he needs to have the freedom and the ability to do that with Chelsea currently, because Chelsea's fans have seen managers go and go and go. And they look at the players who are there and they have their own ideas about which players should leave. His squad is too big, but if he can trim it down a little bit and get these players on side potentially could work right yeah so it's a very different problem to fix than what he faced at Tottenham I think this is unprecedented circumstances to go into a dressing room that's this big um, to have the resources that Chelsea have got and will continue to have over the coming years Um, so how Pochettino navigates it will be interesting to to watch I think he is the right person has got the right temperament to be able to deal with it the one thing that Chelsea supporters will have to give him is time because he's not going to be able to fix all of this this summer and they're not going to be able to get rid of all of these players this summer. So this will be an ongoing process that will stretch into January transfer window next year. And some players they might want to get rid of this year will probably have to stick around for another year and might go out on loan. Um, In terms of what a successful season would then look like for Pochettino, if he gets Chelsea into the top four, top five mix, I think I've said this before, I think that's a very good job considering the circumstances and the fact that other teams are going to strengthen as well. I think it's a bit premature for a title challenge. I'll leave that to, to Graham's uh, better wisdom. You're right about Newcastle, G, so I'll, I'll give you your props for that. But I think that will be one step too far. 
Um, but if anybody's going to be able to do this in a calm and controlled manner and also be able to put on the not a show for the media, but talk well in the press about what's going on behind the scenes, I think Pochettino is going to be that person. Toby, tell us about West Ham and their own managerial situation. David Moyes could win it all. Are there alternatives? Could he, he could play himself back into contention for keeping this job. We've we've previously reported that West Ham, considering David Moyes is in the f- future at West Ham, regardless of what happens, and West Ham were deep in relegation trouble, they could stay up. They're now two games away from reaching the European final. The mood is changing a little bit, but there so you will see, be options. is that someone argued with me? And I argued back said if if West Ham finish seventeenth and win the Conference League, that's a successful season. I said it isn't, given where you came from last year and whatever. Where where do you stand there? Would that be a successful season? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you have to say yes because it's winning a European trophy, um, and then you're into the Europa League. So you're getting the same the reward pre-season. as coming sixth, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What, what was the last trophy? So you what what was it. your last trophy, TC? Sorry, I, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not in the goal. I just, what was the last trophy West Ham won? Well, technically, the playoff final in 2012, but actually the 1980 FA Cup final. So yeah, 43 wow. years since West Ham had any silverware. So this is huge, and as Scott says, this is the equivalent of coming sixth in the league if you manage to win the Conference League. I think it would buy David Moyes more time. It has to. Whether or not it's the right thing, so I think it's, a great, a it's, a great farewell, it's a great farewell, though, isn't it? You could bid farewell in wonderful circumstances. I don't think David Moyes is that kind of character, though. I don't think he looked at it <laughs> as a, a parting gift. He'd think, well, I can now build on that and re, um, relive my Everton days where he was consistently finishing in the top eight as Everton manager and they kept knocking on the door of Europe. He's then gone one step further here. Um, I can't see him wanting to walk away. Club might still force it upon him. Um, if, and we'll now bring Marco Silva into this conversation, he's only got one year left on his Fulham contract. And although Fulham are hopeful that he is going to commit his future, it's not done yet. And West Ham, known to have been looking around at potential successors to Moyes, Marco Silva is on that list of managers who they like. So... I think it's very much a case of who's going to be available. And even if West Ham win the Conference League, David Sullivan's then got a huge decision to make. And Daniel Kratinsky, let's not forget, should have a big input on what happens here because he's going to be taking over at some point in the future. This shouldn't just be down to what David Sullivan wants, but we'll see. It's it's certainly not cut and dry like it might have looked about four weeks ago when West Ham were really in the relegation pits. Um Safety would now you, looks if, to be if, secure. If, if, if it did turn out like that, you stay up and win, would you want Moyes to be replaced? I wouldn't say I'd want him to be replaced, but I would see the benefits of him being replaced. Um, purely to get the best out of players like Paqueta, who's been outstanding mm. for the past month. But for the prior six, seven months, his adjustment to England was pretty slow and not playing to his strength. So... Depends who the signings are, doesn't it? Silva's the right one. He's done wonderful things. I, th- I think Silva will be an excellent fit for West Ham. I do. I, th- I think he's taken, no offence to Fulham, but what else can you do with Fulham? Um, he's taken them as far as he can. And I see Marco Silva and obviously Paolo Fonseca linked from Lille. I do you think they are, for me, I see them as being steps above and they could take that Paqueta and Skamaka on to the next level. 
I think he's a better fit stylistically, but I don't think Marco Silva has done anything in his career to suggest he's a better option than David Moyes. If you're just looking at it black and white, it's just style. Um, he hasn't stayed at clubs for very long either, has he? Marco Silva has jumped around a little bit, which is never the most positive sign. David Moyes at least will give you commitment and loyalty. He's not going to go jumped, anywhere he, of his own. Silva, he jumped the last time a big club came calling Everton, didn't he? So if another big club like West Ham come calling... So, like, it's, it's fair to say, though, right? I'm looking at the league table currently. West Ham are 15th, three points off 12th. There's, there's no reason to think that they couldn't potentially finish as high as 12th this season with the running that they have. I think it's, you could win a couple of games, you could take six points. Getting in the top 10 for West Ham next season is actually quite an achievement because you've got seven clubs there, including Newcastle now and Chelsea, who by spending power, really, should be finishing in the top seven. Aston Villa are very, very ambitious. That's it. That's eight. They should be in that mix. Brighton are probably the best-run club in the league outside of Manchester City. That's nine clubs. Wolves so are going to spend money. Exactly. So it's, it's, this is when we say this is the most competitive league in the world, I see these, these uh, arguments that the, the, the quality in the league is not that good because, you know, uh, all these teams like Liverpool have fallen off and they can't get results every week. It's the opposite for me. I think the league's balancing out, personally. The, the other thing to say about West Ham, they were excellent against United on Sunday. Poor for the first 25 minutes and then dominated the game for the remainder and won 1-0. That was one of their best performances of the season. But West Ham have played almost 50 games this season in all competitions. This isn't a club that's really set up for that kind of football. They're not regular competitors in Europe. And we've been doing this now, back-to-back seasons. Um, I think that plays a part, you know, players are tired and David Moyes has maybe been hamstrung in the way that West Ham play to try and conserve players' energy. It's not a popular thing. Players, people want to see a better, more attractive brand of football, but it doesn't necessarily yield results. And yeah, if West Ham finished 12th or above, Scott, it's a brilliant season, particularly as they've had at least, by the time they've played AZ, 14 European games plus FA Cup and Carabao Cup commitments. Yes, indeed. Uh, Graham, final line, Lionel Messi. Sum it up in a sentence. Yeah, as we said, Barcelona's his preference. Um, he has big offers from elsewhere. Al Hilal in Saudi Arabia, backed by the government over there. Um, but yeah, it's all about Barcelona of him. And they're trying to get this financial plan through La Liga, which we think will happen. So yeah, as we've always thought, Scott, he's heading back to Catalonia. Just wait. Just wait for that one. We see rumours of uh, clubs interested, deals agreed. His dad came out and denied that. It's a case of can Barcelona get themselves sorted out in time so I can rejoin them? And if not, I'll move elsewhere. We'll see. But that one's got some... some that's got some road to run. We've got to scoot off anyway. There's been another talking transfers from us. So thanks for listening, everyone. Visit 90min.com forward slash talking transfers for all the latest. Follow us on all your major podcast platforms, subscribe, etc. Give us a five-star review as well. They actually make a real difference. Leave a comment for us. Follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at Graham Bailey, and at Toby underscore Cudworth as well. We'll see you next week for more talking transfers. And until then, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.